Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Uh-huh. I've been around the block, ripping up fantasy stock, working around the clock, look at the view from the top, researching rookies a lot, no, I just be listening to pods, yeah, one in particular, I'm just a messenger, let me just pass on the rock, browning, brunning, bruning, pronouncing ain't what he's doing, what he's doing is not losing, but infusing you with new things, and there's Dennis the Bennett, yeah. The man is a menace, yeah. Building a dynasty, some of the finest things. Promise you, you won't regret it. Mm. Slice a fox, cultured in pop. Give him his props. Here is a thought, here is a box. And you cannot compare them at all, so don't even try. Careful with the news, but when you use a take, I take up Tony Fire. I mean dire, because anyone else is a huge mistake. Whoa. Fantasy round table, fantasy, fantasy round table. Yeah. Fantasy round table, come take a look at the crown, baby. Hey. Fantasy round table, fantasy, fantasy round table. Woo. Fantasy round table come take a look at the crown baby go hello and welcome to a monday edition of the fantasy football round table podcast nice uh tight show here in the run up to monday night football let's hope there's more points scored than there was on thursday night it was an interesting weekend of football dennis how was your weekend my weekend was fantastic Speaking of the run-up to the show, uh, I just had, you know, 45 minutes of uh, IT nightmare. Uh, I don't know if my uh, my mixer went bad or, or what's going on, but something wasn't working right. And trying to figure it out, and now my kids are in the garage here next to my studio, chatting away, just opened the garage. I don't know what the heck's going on. I'm fixing to have to go out there and knock some sense into some people. How about you? Uh, you know, it wasn't too bad. It was a better, uh, better weekend for me than probably for Matt Rule. Uh, but we, we will get to him in a in a minute and the fire sale that's to follow. And you know, I'm just glad that you and I have a, a tight relationship, unlike uh, Carson Wentz and Ron Rivera, um, creating a lot of excitement in Washington. It's hard to believe it's only Week Five, and already there's several teams that seem to be self-destructing. You know, there's, you know. What's what's with a little thrown under the bus among friends? Exactly. Speaking of getting thrown under the bus, we will head to London where uh, I don't know if you caught the uh, the shot. There were some interesting medical practices on the giant sideline, but that did not keep them from winning 27 to 22 over the Packers. Dennis, the Giants are now Four and one break up the Giants under Brian Dable. They equaled their 2021 win total here in week five. Are you starting to believe in Daniel Jones on the Giants? Well, I, I hear Deshaun Watson has requested a trade to the Giants. <laughs> that poor guy, too. I mean, like, why were they not using the medical tent? So, you know, I think the Giants are an imposter team this year. Um, I think they're making great strides and they're winning some games. Maybe they shouldn't. The offensive line is coming around. They got Kayvon Thibodeau back healthy. He's playing now. Um, You know, Daniel Jones is making some plays, but they don't have shit for wide receivers. And, you know, talking about just keeping it together with duct tape and spit, that's kind of what Brian Dayball is doing with the, uh, I mean, Marcus Johnson of the uh, Colts of yore 
made an appearance this weekend, and I think he led the team in targets. Uh, it's it's something they got going on there, but the team is buying into what he's selling. And um, after, you know, he had a couple questionable stops a few years ago, didn't quite connect. Uh, you know, when he was in Cleveland, I don't think he did a terrific job. Uh, I hope this doesn't mean he's going to be the next Belichick. Um, but, you know, he's got the Giants believing in what he's doing and they're playing well, and Saquon Barkley is healthy. And, uh, you know, a guy like that makes a world of difference. Yeah, and that's a big contract year for Daniel Jones. It's kind of nice to see them having success. He hasn't been lighting the world on fire, but I have been impressed that he's played pretty clean football. And, hey, who knew Darius Slayton was still on the Giants? All it took was like 75 people getting injured for him to make an appearance. On the flip side... We've talked about uh, his uh, affinity for Randall Cobb before, but Aaron Rodgers really seemed to only have eyes for Randall Cobb yesterday. 13 targets. He catches seven for 99. Are you buying in? Nope. Um, I think Cobb will have the occasional good game. You know, Rodgers has been openly effusive about Alan Lazard, and I think he's going to want to get him more uh, – active in the in the passing game and he's he made some nice throws to uh romeo dubs and they just did not quite connect if he had connected uh you know they were just slightly off and they could have really changed the outlook of of the day i mean it could have been at least one long touchdown and a second long pass had they connected and that would have I think kind of altered the perspective uh, going forward. So he's working with Dubs. They're getting it together. Uh, I think Dubs is the guy you want to own for Dynasty. I think if you have Cobb, you know, it could be a seven for 99 or it could be a, you know, three for 13. You just never know. Yeah, and I think a product of that, too, is it seems like the Packers are having trouble with their vertical offense. And, you know, Randall Cobb works close to the line of scrimmage. We will see what happens with them. On to another New York team. The Buffalo Bills moved to 4-1, and one, creaming the Pittsburgh Steelers 38-3. to Steelers fall to 1-4. and four. It was the debut for Kenny Pickett. He threw for 327 yards. They let him throw it 52 times. I guess that's what happens when you're way behind. Nary a touchdown. What does Pickett need to succeed? I felt like the offense maybe looked a little bit better uh, than the Trubisky offense, even though they performed possibly worse. Yep. It's going to come – you know, he's pretty mobile, so – He'll help cover up some of the uh, offensive line woes. He does need Najee Harris to get going. He's got a great connection with George Pickens. He wasn't afraid to go to Deontay Johnson. Uh, I think he needs to kind of maybe put the ball in a little better place for Deontay so Deontay can be a little more efficient. I mean, Claypool had, I think, seven targets. They did lose Friermuth, so... Uh, who knows what would have happened uh, with the targets there. I think they just need to keep playing. They do need work on the offensive line. And when TJ Watt gets back, that'll definitely be a big boost to their defense and can kind of change the game script a little bit when you have uh, uh, the reigning defensive player of the year. Uh, maybe he's not. Maybe that was uh, uh, Aaron Donald, but. He I think it was Donald last year, yeah, but Watts always in the contention. Yeah. Yeah, I think you touched on it for me. They need a better offensive line. We like Najee Harris. Najee Harris had 11 carries for 20 yards. He can't find any space to work, and I think that's going to be a little bit of a problem for Kenny Pickett. On the flip side, I know the Eagles are 5-0, and but is it possible that the Bills are the NFL's best team? Um, I, It's possible. Uh, maybe even likely. Um, Philadelphia, you know, they've played – I think Philadelphia has played maybe some better teams. Uh, not a lot better, but they've played a little bit better teams. The Bills are definitely more explosive, and I think their defense is a little bit stouter. Uh, once 
Philadelphia gets up and gets rolling, though, they can kind of put the the kibosh on you with that running game with Jalen Hurts and Miles Sanders. Um, both teams are playing really, really well. And, you know, if it was, uh, you know, the Super Bowl was today, it'd be Buffalo and Philadelphia likely. Yeah, I think Buffalo is the best team. I'd argue they played a harder schedule than Philadelphia. I mean, they had Rams, Titans. Those are the top two seeds from from last year. They Dolphins have been a good team. Well, I mean, the Titans were a top seed from last Ravens. Year. But you have to you have to evaluate them on this year. I think they're three and two. I think they're leading their division, aren't they? Oh, great question. I believe they are. They don't, they don't look good. Uh, we will transition now to Cleveland, where the Los Angeles Chargers outlasted the Cleveland Browns 30-28. to Dennis, we've seen the Chargers offense struggle a little bit since the first half of week one when Keenan Allen went out with an injury, but they looked better last week. They kind of got it going a little bit this week. Allen should be close to returning. Are they rounding into shape? It, it seems so. Uh, the defense, you know, it doesn't bode well that the defense gave up 28 points to a Jacoby Brissett-led Cleveland Browns offense that literally has one wide receiver. I know DPJ pops off here and there with a couple of catches, but it, it's uh, Amari Cooper, uh, David Njoku uh, in the running game there. You know, Brissett's a little bit conservative. I think he, he, he just – you know, doesn't he didn't play up to the to the defense. So with the Chargers, I, I think they're, you know, Austin Eckler is coming on strong. Uh, my concern is that he is going to get overworked. They'll be, you know, the, the wide receivers look great, even without Keenan Allen. And I'm concerned that when Keenan comes back, it might throw off the chemistry a little bit because he is a target hog and he's an exceptional wide receiver. So why would you not throw it to him? So that'll be interesting to keep an eye on. Yeah. You know, I, I'm, I like what they're doing, you know, finally getting Mike Williams, finally the Austin Eckler game uh, games we've been waiting for against Houston and Cleveland. Let's hope they play some soft rush defenses on the flip side. You know, we've seen Cleveland win a couple of games, but they've lost three close ones already. We know Jacoby Brissett has to carry them a bulk of the first part of the season. Even the way the NFL is tracking, can they remain in the hunt without Deshaun Watson? I think it's going to be a real challenge. They've got, you know, they've got a buy in week nine, but they have the Patriots whose defense is playing pretty well. Um, they shut down the Detroit offense, which was playing really, really well. One. They've got the Ravens, the Bengals, the Dolphins, the Bills, and Tampa before they get Houston in week 13, which could potentially be the return of Deshaun Watson. Um, if they split the next six games, uh, I'm gonna. I'd consider that a win, um, you know. But Cleveland's defense is playing well, so it's possible that they could pull some of that that out. The Ravens' secondary is pretty weak, and they just lost Marcus Williams. Uh, I saw today, so that makes that secondary even weaker. Um, so potentially, but the offenses they're going up against are are, are pretty stout. Sands New England who probably has one of the better defenses they're going to play. So it's going to be a challenge. It's too bad, too, because Nick Chubb has looked incredible. Oh, my gosh. If they, You know, I wonder if he could catch the ball. Uh, we'll head to Minnesota, where the Vikings beat the Bears 29-22. to Dennis, the Bears didn't win, uh, but Justin Fields had – Easily his best game of the season went 15 of 21, 208 yards, and the touchdown ran for 47 on eight carries. Is he starting to turn it around? You know, he's making progress, and I think that there's a disconnect between his skill set and I think what the offensive coordinator wants to do. Whether they can continue to bridge that gap consistently, I, I don't know. The, the offensive line is playing a little bit better. While David Montgomery didn't have a great day, you know, what did he have, uh, 12 carries for 20 yards? I think he brings a certain steadiness 
to that he did team. catch four for 62. He, he did. He looked good there. And, and, you know, Montgomery is is the back there. He, what, three to one out uh, carried Khalil Herbert. Justin Fields had eight carries. So, for me, I, I think they just have to keep chopping wood. It's, it's one of those things you go to work every day and you just keep working. Uh, I still think we're a ways away from them letting Fields throw the ball 35 times. Um, and whether that's right or wrong, when you get behind, they're starting to play better. Um, somebody needs to step up along with Darnell Mooney and at the wide receiver position, give field some more options when he's rolling out, when they, he drops back to pass. Uh, I think that if the bears can start to play more to his strength, get him on those rollouts, let him run a little bit. He's six, six foot two, 230 pounds. And he runs a four four. Use him like they did Jay, uh, Jalen Hurts in Philadelphia, and, and and go that route. You know you're watching a good game when both Velas Jones Jr. and Jalen Rager catch touchdowns. Ain't that the truth? On the flip side for the Vikings, what can't Justin Jefferson do? The guy went out there threw a 23 yard pass, also caught 12 for 154 on just 13 targets. Should he be the overall wide receiver one in Dynasty? I'm not sure where the question come from because he is the overall wide receiver one in dynasty. I mean, there are people I, that still like Cooper cup. I mean, you like Cooper cup, but Cooper cups five years older or something like that. And you know, when he, when cups wearing that beard, he looks like he's 10 years older. Um, I, I <laughs> His quarterback looks like he's 90 years older. I, I think, I think Jefferson is the QB or wide receiver one. Um, that's where I had him ranked preseason. Uh, I like Cooper Cup and what he's doing, and he's certainly getting plenty of opportunity in L.A. But I think Jeff, Justin Jefferson is the wide receiver one. Uh, and if it comes down to splitting hairs, the hair that splits it is age. I uh, I tend to agree. He's he's probably up there. I think some people had Cup up there out of out of deference, but Justin Jefferson. It is impressive what he is doing. On to perhaps the saddest outcome of the day. The New England Patriots win 29 to nothing over Detroit Lions, who came in with the league's number one offense. And possibly a couple of people on this podcast who picked them for the upset. Dennis, for the Lions, was it just a matter of too many injuries? Uh, insert uh, drop of John Lovett's uh, The Liar saying, yeah, that's the ticket. <laughs> Um, they were, you know, they, they were down a lot of players on offense. Um, but you gotta be next man up. You've got guys there, they're professionals. Um, whether, you know, I didn't watch the game minute by minute. So I don't know if maybe the offensive coordinator called it a little different being down the top three wide receivers. Um, I know last week with, Still having Josh Reynolds, they they seem to play pretty well. Um, I, I like where Detroit's going. You know, they're they're not a good team, um, despite their offensive prowess the first few weeks. They have a lot to of things to work on. Um, you know, good offensive line, excellent game manager quarterback, but yeah, not having DeAndre Swift is, is an issue. Also, you know. Those playing Derek Carr can thank me for tonight's game because I went all in on Jared Goff and played him over Carr and Scott Fishbowl and a few other places. So you are not well, Bob, not well. On the flip side, uh, what did you think of Bailey Zappi? The Patriots made a little bit of hay in the draft when they took him ahead of some other players like Sam Howell. Um, acquitted himself seemingly well. What did you think of his performance? No, I think – Zappy is the kind of guy that um, Bill Belichick drafts, turns into a competent quarterback for, a, you know, six, eight, ten games, uh, and then trades for a second-round draft pick. Um, I think Zappy's destined for a um, Colt McCoy, Chase Daniel type of career. Uh, I think at some point, you know, he gets a shot to be the starter somewhere. Um, but it'll be 
by virtue of a quarterback competition where he goes somewhere and he, whether it's a rookie or whether it's they bring in a couple veterans to buy for a quarterback spot. I don't think he's a guy that's going to, you know, be a multi, be, be a five, six, seven year starter. Um, but I think there's definitely value in being a, a adequate game manager and not being a reason your team loses, even if you can't be the reason they win. Yeah, I mean, I, I thought he did decent. They talked about him having a, a similar skill set and playing style to Mac Jones, so it could just be a matter of a good fit. Um, Elvis, I posted the question to ask you if this is redraft, but uh, I'm assuming Jonathan Taylor and J.K. Dobbins for Joe Mixon and David Montgomery. If it's dynasty, the only side I want is Taylor and Dobbins. If it's redraft, I probably still want that side. Yeah, I mean, Dobbins is coming on. He's looking pretty good. He looks healthy. I'm not concerned about Taylor getting healthy. Um, you know, I like Joe Mixon. I think he um, has a lot of upside. Um, and Montgomery, is as much as I like him as a player, I just don't think – he isn't quite the talent that the other three guys on that list. And so I'm going to take Taylor over Mixon and Dobbins over Montgomery. Yeah, and especially in Dynasty, because we don't know where David Montgomery is going to play next year. Uh, we'll head down to New Orleans, where the Saints get the 39-32 win over the Seahawks in what uh, was another interesting game. Dennis, I don't have a funeral dirge to play for you, but uh, your boy, Rashad Penny, will have to pour one out. Broken bone in his leg, likely done for the season. Uh, Kenneth Walker comes in, gets eight carries for 88 yards and a touchdown as it wheels up for Walker going forward? Yeah, I, I mean, he definitely looked dynamic. Uh, every bit as dynamic as Rashad Penny. And I, I, I think it was uh, I saw on Twitter today that Penny is going to have surgery to put a plate in to stabilize the bone. It's about a four-month recovery. They're going to uh, – he's going to be gone for the rest of the season. Uh, but he'll have plenty of time to get healthy uh, before free agency. So, you know, Penny's just kind of snake bit when it comes to injuries. And I wonder, you know, this is this one was a serious injury. And, and well, I some of the other ones seem like they were just kind of stuff that other guys played through. Not all of them, but some of them. And, you know, I feel for the kid. He he seems to be a good guy works to, to be a good teammate and to go out this way uh, in a contract year when he was looking pretty good is a real bummer. That being said uh, in, in redraft leagues, if uh, Kenneth Walker is on your waiver wire, um, this is, this is the week you blow your fab. Uh, and you're probably not going to uh, get him. If, if, if you have $100 in FAB, $99 is probably not going to get him. So I, I think Walker, it looks like he's going to have a good season. I'm a little concerned that after he went, he did not receive any targets. And I know he didn't catch the ball in college, but there's talk that he can. So I, I don't know if he's going to be a, you know, a Nick Chubb, a Ronald Jones kind of two down guy, or uh, as earlier in the season, we saw him get a few targets that he'll get a little more uh, third down work as well. Um, but we also know Pete Carroll can be kind of loyal and he's got DJ Dallas and Travis Homer there. So I think Homer's on IR right now. Homer is on IR and, you know, it was a weird game flow, which might've been part of the reason he didn't, it was a lot of big plays, you know, eight for 88's big. They had um, a lot of big passing plays, too. Gino only threw it 25 times, only had 16 completions. Metcalf had a 50-yard bomb. Lockett had one for 40. They basically nestled most of their targets to those two receivers, and then Fanton Disley split eight. So kind of a weird game flow we will see going forward. On the flip side, just when I think I'm out, they try to pull me back in. Dennis Taysom Hill. 
was back in our lives. Threw one pass, a 22-yard touchdown, carried it nine times for 112 yards and three touchdowns. Let's set aside the fact Alvin Kamara did 23 hard carries for 103 yards. Four touchdowns, 10 touches. Are you buying into Taysom Hill? Man, that fucking guy, I tell you. <laughs> and we can't even just say it's Sean Payton because Sean Payton ain't there. It's, I mean... I think if you roster him, it, I, I think you have to start him in a flex spot. I don't know that I'd start him at tight end because you're you're not going to get. Um, Although given the state of tight end. You think yeah, you I, mean, I think he's like tight end five or six on the season. I played Albert O a few weeks. I would have taken that back. Yeah, no kidding. But, I mean, I think it's going to be an up and down year for him. You're going to have these explosive games and then you're going to have relative goose eggs and i just don't know if that's going to be a formula for success um but it's i don't know man it's just i i don't think it's i, I think he should be listed as a running back is what that's I what i was gonna say i i don't think i don't understand i never totally understood that they i know the saints technically i think have him listed as a tight end but that designation do. didn't make a ton of sense and it makes even less sense when you look at the way he's playing because I think the one thing he's not doing is catching passes. I, I'm with you. I, I just sometimes I feel like I'm ready to get hurt again, but I don't know. I mean, what I can say is I don't roster him anywhere, and if somebody offers him in a trade to me, it would literally have to be as a throw-in. See, my I used to roster him at a bunch of places, and I just started letting it go because it seemed like it was no longer going to be thing. I don't. I'm going to urge caution. I guess we will head back to New York for a third time to see a third New York team. This time, the Jets pulling off a big win. They not only won, they won going away, posting 21 fourth quarter points in a 40 to 17 victory over the Miami Dolphins. The Dolphins reduced to playing seventh round draft choice Skylar Thompson, a majority of the game at quarterback after Teddy Bridgewater was also removed due to concussion protocol. But I want to turn your attention, Dennis, to the running game. We've waited to see if somebody was going to emerge and Raheem Mostert kind of taking control back there, maybe dictated a little bit by necessity in the game, but he got 18 carries, 113 yards and a touchdown. Looked pretty good. Chase Edmonds, only one carry in the game and only had two targets is Raheem Mostert becoming the running back you want to play so we like to make such a big deal about McDaniel coming from that Shanahan tree so here's my view yes he's the running back you want to play until he's not <laughs> until he hurts himself no until he they just decide to use fucking Tevin Coleman you know who isn't even is on the team oh. I get it you know, but would it surprise you at all if they came out next week and Miles Gaskin ran the ball 15 times? I thought I Kevin mean, Coleman actually played in the game yesterday, so he must he be on some he, some team. He is. He's on the 49ers. Scored a touchdown, caught, made a really nice catch. Um, I, I only made use Coleman to reference McDaniel, yeah. Daniel, uh, Mike McDaniel being a 49ers coach. Um, but it's it's a situation where – yeah, I, I think if, if you're going to play a running back from Miami, you're going to play Raheem Mostert. But you also need to go in realizing that Mostert could, Mostert could get dinged up or that McDaniel could just decide Miles Gaskin or Chase Edmond or Salvat Ahmed has the hot hand and that's the guy they're going to run. Shit, they might put Mike Gesicki back there making a couple runs and decide, hey, let's do Cordell Patterson shit with him. You know, I don't know, man. It, you, you start Moster and, and hope that they don't get cute. Yeah, it was fascinating to see Edmonds. I don't remember him being on the injury report, but he was definitely – he got fewer touches, you're right, than, than Gaskin, which was weird. And Durham Smythe, speaking to your put a tight end, is the one that got the one-yard rushing touchdown. So crazy times. 
On the flip side, for the Jets, we saw a pretty good breakout for Brees Hall. Got 18 carries, 97 yards, and a touchdown rushing. Caught two passes for 100 yards. But you know what? He did a lot of heavy lifting, and then Michael Carter was still there. He had 10 carries, only 21 yards, but two of them for touchdowns also caught a couple of passes. What are we doing with the backfield here? Are they both playable? I think by and large, uh, I'm starting Hall as a tight end or a wide a running back one, whatever position. I'm, look at what Taysom Mill did to me. Um, <laughs> did I'm, that starting to Bre- I'm starting Brees Hall as a running back one, and I'm starting Michael Carter as a flex play uh, with running back one upside. Um, you know, it was it was a bummer to see Brees Hall do all that heavy lifting and then Michael Carter punch it in from the one twice. Uh, imagine the day Brees would have had with a couple one-yard touchdowns uh, to go with that big day. Uh, I like what Hall's doing. He's a three-down back. Um, I don't know that the Jets, as long as Michael Carter is there and healthy, are ever going to give Brees Hall um, consistent bell cow work. I mean, yesterday they ended up with 18 and 10 carries respectively, but it was a blowout and they were kind of running it out and, you know, they only threw the ball 21 times. So, you know, game script was kind of heavily slanted towards running the ball. I think if we have a game where they run the ball just 20 times, uh, I would probably think it's going to be still pretty heavily slanted towards Brees Hall. Football fans, the first Sunday of the NFL season is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL, is giving new customers a can't-miss offer to celebrate the return of the NFL season. Right now, new customers can bet just $5 and get $200 in free bets instantly. And as an added bonus for Week 1, everybody can experience the thrill of DraftKings with early win promotion. It's simple. Bet on an NFL team to win. If your team leads by 10 at any point during the game, you get paid instantly, even if the team ends up losing. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use the promo code TPPN, that is TPPN, and get $200 in free bets instantly. When you place a $5 bet this Sunday, that is code TPPN, only at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See the descriptions for the episode for details. Yeah, and Hall definitely looked good. I I think he is slowly but surely taking over. Um, You know, ideally he won't get all the – Michael Carter won't get all the goal line touches unless it's a week where I'm playing him out of necessity like this week. We'll move down to Florida where the Tampa Bay Buccaneers pulled off the 21 to 15 victory over the Atlanta Falcons with a little help from their friends in the stripes. But we will turn first to the Falcons. It's first game playing without Cordero Patterson. Three backs, Tyler Algier, Caleb Huntley, and Avery Williams combined for 24 carries and 90 yards. Williams getting a short touchdown. Dennis, what did you think of the backfield? Are you feeling confident playing anyone with Patterson out? I think the guy that you want to play is Algier. I mean, he played 59% of the snaps which Williams played 26 and Huntley 24%. So he, he doubled up the other two running backs combined. Um, You know, again, much like Michael Carter vulturing a couple touchdowns from Brees would have been nice to see uh, Algier get that Avery Williams touchdown. The, The biggest issue I think for Atlanta is, they're just not that good a team. And so they're not going to be running the ball a lot very often. Uh, it was a division game against a division rival. They played the Buccaneers very tough yesterday. Um, but I mean, Mariota only threw 25 passes. So they didn't, they didn't have a lot of offensive plays. What 28, 31, so only about 53 offensive plays total. Um, it's uh, and, and they were without Kyle Pitts. So I like um, Algier as a hashtag two to three year window prospect. Um, 
You know, I don't think he's going to get. He's not. I, I don't. I would be very surprised if his second contract is a multi-year contract. I think he's going. He has the potential to have a good couple years, um, but I do think he then kind of moves into that free agent one year, prove it deal year after year. Um, you know, I don't. I think Huntley is more of a jag than Algier, and, and I got to be honest, I don't even know who the hell Avery Williams is. It's the guy that scored the touchdown, apparently. Yeah. Uh, I would like to see Algier play against um, a team that's not the Buccaneers, who took tep- typically have a pretty good rush defense. But I do think with the way Mariota's playing, he was their leading rusher, 61 yards on seven carries, kind of buoyed everything. I think he he takes some away. And what was helping Patterson was being part of the passing game, which didn't seem to be a big uh, a big sticking point for any of them, except for Avery Williams caught a couple, I guess. So, right. so he's your man. You did not get the 27 uh, Anthony Ferkser targets that you were hoping for, sadly. Did not. On the flip side, the Buccaneers, they win. Uh Somewhat controversial uh, roughing the passer call helps along the way. Brady looks a little bit better, throws it 52 times, gets 351 yards. Leonard Fournette caught a lot of passes, ran for a, a decent clip. Do we need to, you know, we had come into the season thinking the Buccaneers were kind of going to be the kind of offense that we're seeing from the Buffalo Bills. Do we need to moderate our expectations a little bit for this Bucks team? Um, I, I don't know. I felt like we did have a little I, I don't think we expected them to be like the bills at, at least as explosive I think they had the the potential for explosive plays but they don't have the explosion in the running game that Buffalo has with Josh Allen or even Devin Singletary um, and I felt like we had tempered our expectations because the interior three of the offensive line we knew were going to be a problem so while we felt like Tampa would be good, that they would probably that they would win their division, that they would have the potential to make a playoff run uh, deep into the playoffs, that just based on the offense and Tom Brady, it it was going to be an issue if that interior offensive line didn't come together. So I think we do temper it a little bit and see what happens, but Rashad White looks good. Uh, I wouldn't say he's splitting time with Leonard Fournette, but they're definitely giving him a consistent snap volume and consistent opportunity. Uh, But Leonard is the clear number one there. Mike Evans and Chris Godwin are the top dogs on the receiving game. And heck, even uh, rookie Cade Otten showed pretty well with Cameron Brait being out. Yeah. I mean, I don't think they're bad. Hopefully they're getting a little healthier too. Um, see what happens. I just thought there would be more of an up-tempo game. We've seen a lot of uh, points scored against Atlanta. It was kind of – they haven't yeah, been. I mean, Atlanta, Atlanta played, a, played like they were playing a divisional foe. They played hard. Um, on to the next game, which is a little bit of a tepid game. The Tennessee Titans prevailed in Washington 21 to 17, 102 yards and two touchdowns for Derrick Henry on 28 carries. Is he pretty much the only consistent play for the Tennessee Titans? Yeah, I think so. I, I would have, uh, expected to see a little more Robert Woods yesterday, um, in the passing game. Um, maybe he's not back fully from that injury and he's still uh, working himself back into being confident uh, that he's recovered. But uh, four for eight, eight for 37 from Woods is a little bit of a disappointing day. Um, But I don't know, maybe it was Ryan Tannehill. Tannehill is kind of playing pretty washed so far this year. Um, And I, I think, well, Tannehill was never, you know, a quarterback in the Josh Allen stratosphere, he was good enough to be a um, to to keep it balanced enough for Derrick Henry, so they could hammer Henry twenty five or thirty times. And I don't know if you know may, maybe losing Traylon Burks it, it was that big a deal, even though it seemed like he didn't quite get the usage we had hoped as the 
quote unquote AJ Brown replacement. Um, but I, you know, Tannehill, it, it, at some point, I think that Tennessee is going to have to say, look, we need to see a little more Malik Willis here and, and make a decision. On the flip side, uh, reference at the top, Carson Wentz and Ron Rivera aren't vibing, but I want to take a look at this backfield. Brian Robinson played his season debut, got nine carries. We also saw J.D. McKissick out there getting seven targets. Meanwhile, Antonio Gibson, who a couple of years ago was one of the uh, true finds in fantasy football, only three carries for six yards, three catches for 33 yards. Are we at the end of Gibson as a viable weekly start? Yeah, probably. Um, I think I, I don't know that I'm starting any of the three for a couple of weeks. I think you need to let it shake out and see. Uh, Rivera was talking today in the press conference about now that Brian uh, Robinson's back, it could be a great opportunity for Gibson to return some kicks. Um, yeah, I don't know. I feel like they're misusing Gibson. Not to say that Brian Robinson is going to not be good, uh, but, you know, nine carries for 22 yards. I don't, I don't think it um, makes you say, I can't wait to give this guy more touches. Uh, but uh, I do think also there's going to be some opportunities to see how this team shakes out. You know, we get games with good Carson and we get games with bad Carson. Uh, Curtis Samuels out targeting Terry McLaurin so far. And then Diami Brown with Jahan Dotson out comes in and catches the long touchdown pass. I don't know. It's it's going to be an interesting situation to watch. Um, but I do think that um, now that we've had the head starting to roll, uh, there could the sea could be heating up in Washington. Yeah, and Gibson's not been a great giving a great return all year, so I'm 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 probably putting him on my bench for now. One of the more surprising results of the day down in Jacksonville where the Jaguars lost to the Texans 13-6. to We have no more winless teams in the NFL. This was the ninth straight win for the Texans over the Jaguars. Do they just own Jacksonville? It was, if they don't own them, they've certainly uh, got a long-term rental. That's for dang sure. Um, yeah. It, it's, you know, Davis Mills kind of does Davis Mills things. Um, and while it wasn't a, a blowout, you know, Nico Collins, four for 65. Damian Pierce looked really good, uh, even though he was kind of not super efficient, but he had 31 opportunities and uh, what was that, 29 touches. So he, he looked, uh, he looked, the, he played the role of a three down guy in a very close game. And uh, I, I like what, what he did. You know, Houston's playing hard, which every time we talk about Houston and we talk about him playing hard, I feel bad for David Culley because they played hard for David Culley, and I felt like he should have gotten a chance. Yeah. It was not an incredible game, but their defense is actually coming along, which that's probably a little bit of a credit to Levy Smith. On the flip side, the Jaguars, turnovers, inefficiency. But for the second week in a row, we kind of seen Travis Etienne getting more involved and having a little bit better production than James Robinson. They both got 10 carries this week. Robinson only 2.7. Etienne going for 71. He also out-targeted him and caught three passes for 43 yards. Is he starting to become a better option in that backfield? Well, I I think he's always been more explosive, and there are times when that matters. Um, and if if they're gonna be if they're gonna be successful putting ETN in a position where he's not having to make reads in uh, in a very congested area, I think then ETN is gonna be successful, and he'll make these plays when you need to grind it out and run inside. And, and maybe somebody make a, a play from the interior, that's the James Robinson. The downside is that Robinson is going to end up being less productive overall. I think it's going to be a fairly even timeshare, but if I had to put money on one of them as being uh, more productive on a per-touch basis, 
I'm going to say it's probably ETN. Yeah, he is looking good. We'll have to see how it goes. Jaguars need to clean up those turnovers. Uh, On to the next game, a sad game in Carolina where the 49ers rolled the Panthers 37-15. Don't look now, Dennis, but the 49ers are alone in first place in the NFC West. Are they also the best team in that division? See, who is that? Is that Seattle, the Rams? The Rams, the Cardinals. The Cards. Um, I, I feel like the Rams, their offense is not playing well. Um, they may be – San Francisco is playing the best. I feel like the Rams and, and the, the 49ers are fairly equal talent-wise on offense. Um, you know, they, they have some pluses and minuses, uh, in different positions. You know, uh, I know it may be cute to take Jimmy G over Matthew Stafford, but I still think Stafford is, is the quarterback I would pick. I would still take cup over Debo Samuel. Um, but I would definitely take Brandon Ayuk over, um, uh, Alan, the Robinson. ghost of Alan Robinson, right. You know? Uh, and I'm probably going to take Jeff Wilson over Cam Akers. So, you know, there, there's – the 49ers have a really good defense. Um, not that Carolina was ever going to pose much threat to that. Uh, but Jeff Wilson looked good, 17 carries, 121 yards. Um, Te- Tevin Coleman, three catches for 44 yards and a touchdown. It was uh, definitely a um, – is, is like running back zombie with Tevin Coleman coming back. You know, I I, really, I think the 49ers defense actually might be better than the Rams defense. I They do with Jimmy, giving them stability. He's not flashy, but he's stable. I, I think they could be the best team in that division because Arizona scuffling Seattle hard to buy into the Rams. I've got a lot to work out. On the flip side, the Panthers dropped one and four, and that is the end of the Matt Rule era. He was fired this morning. Baker Mayfield also banged up. They said may miss some time, but Matt Rule is out. What does that mean for the Panthers the rest of the season? And do you buy rumors that they may deal Christian McCaffrey? I don't think I buy rumors that they may deal. Um, Well, I don't think – I guess I don't buy rumors – that they are actively trying to trade Christian McCaffrey. Uh, I think the team is a hot mess right now, and DJ Moore and Christian McCaffrey, if you're going to rebuild a team, uh, why do you want to get rid of your best players? They're terrible at quarterback, and while P.J. Walker has won both of his starts or all three of his starts, and he's going to start next week because Baker has a high ankle sprain, uh, I'm not hanging my hat on P.J. Walker. Uh, I don't know when Sam Darnold is coming back. This team is going to be a hot mess for the rest of the season. Uh, I, I, I would like to see something happen. I feel, honestly, I wish Ben McAdoo would have gotten the interim coaching spot. Because while I get that Steve Wilkes is a former head coach as well, um, I feel like by promoting Wilkes to interim coach and the team not being good, it takes him out of consideration to become the head coach because you don't, you know, the interim head coach often isn't the guy that becomes the next head coach. And I think I'd like to see Wilkes um, get another shot to see if he's earned, uh, if he's learned anything from, the last time he was a head coach, I know he had some issues in uh, uh, Arizona, but uh, I don't know. I, I feel like the team the team has some growing pains ahead of them, and David Tepper is, uh, you know, he, he's he's not uh, he's not the Rooney family when it comes to ownership stability. They, I think they'd be best served trying actively to bottom out, maybe trading McCaffrey for an extra first. They need a quarterback, and nothing they've done has solved it, and I don't think they have a savior on the roster with Sam Darnold either. 
On to Los Angeles, where the Dallas Cowboys come in and, despite only completing 10 passes, beat the Rams 22 to 10. Uh, looking at the ground game for the Cowboys, 22 carries for 78 for Ezekiel Elliott, but Tony Pollard coming up big again, eight carries, 86 yards, and a touchdown. Is he becoming the back that you want to start from Dallas? I mean, he he's kind of like Travis Etienne, but he has – and I know people like to bang on Zeke because he's not as efficient as he was five years ago. But, I mean, 22 carries for 78 yards is a very respectable day. Um, and against the Rams front, I mean, I get it. Pollard broke one, and it's exciting. Um, I, I'm not going to count on um, the eight carry back over the 20 carry back when it comes to uh, making starting lineup decisions. Uh, as much as we want to beat the table and say, why aren't you giving Pollard more touches? You know, I, I just don't know that that's going to happen this year. He also gets some passing game work. I actually think they're still both plays, but I don't think either of them has – as high of a ceiling as they could alone. On the flip side, the Rams, that line doesn't look good. Stafford, not a lot of time. Even after all the discussions, they could not get Allen Robinson going. What are you doing with the Rams right now? I'm starting Cooper Cup and maybe Tyler Higby. You know, that's pretty much it. Uh, it it's just so hard to, to watch what's going on with Allen Robinson. Um, you know, Akers is, is he's not back. Uh, the fact that Henderson didn't get any carries is wild. Um, Henderson is so much more explosive, but Henderson can't also hold up to the workload that Akers can. So it's, you know, it's, it's Higby and it's cup and uh, thanks Thank you very much. Yeah, I'm 100% with you. I love Stafford, but until they can get him a line, they can get something better going on. He's not reliable. We will head to Arizona where the Eagles pull out the 20-17 to 17 gutty win. The Eagles, remain, the, the Eagles remain the only undefeated team in the league at 5-0. and How far can they go, Dennis? You know, they're playing really good as a team. Uh, Miles Sanders is playing well. Jalen Hurts is playing really well. Um, but they, for throwing the ball 36 times yesterday, uh, A.J. Brown was not very productive. But De Devontae Smith was in Dallas. Goddard was. Um, from a fantasy perspective, I think it's – they've got three really good receivers – but only two of them are going to be real viable each week. Um, Brown is going to have to start having that uh, high efficiency production come back. I don't think Devontae Smith is a, a low volume, high efficiency production guy, but AJ Brown has been in the past. And so it could work out and they could start to get it. Defense is playing really good. Um, and Miles Sanders is becoming the guy. It just sucks when Jalen Hurts has the same amount of carries, and when they get to the end zone, Hurts keeps the ball. Yeah, and I, I picked the Eagles preseason to potentially be in the NFC Championship game. I'm still feeling pretty good about that. On the flip side for the Cardinals, we've seen uh, the the disappearance of uh, Greg Dortch. will pour one out. But the guy who came back to take his place, Rondale Moore, we've seen him getting some steady targets. Had eight yesterday, seven for 68 in the passing game. One really ill-conceived running play. But are you starting to buy into Rondale Moore a little bit as a flex play? I think you have to, uh, just because it looks like they're going to use him in that role more consistently. Uh, the, the real tell is going to be what happens in week seven when – DeAndre Hopkins is back, and then we've got uh, – Then he gets Brown. the Greg Dorch treatment. Right. Marquise Brown with 10 targets and Zach Ertz with 10 targets. Uh, DeAndre Hopkins with 10 targets. I mean, you know, it's it, it, it could end up being uh, 
a little bit frustrating. I do think I was listening to Sirius XM today, and I think it was uh, John Hansen that was talking about um, they need to, or maybe it was Jeff Ratcliffe, that they need to stop using Rondale Moore just behind the line of scrimmage. Let him go down the, the field a little bit. Yes, we get it. He's five foot seven, um, but he's a wide receiver. Let him make some plays more than, uh, you know, 18 inches beyond the line of scrimmage. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see, like you said, when DeAndre gets back, but he's definitely contributing more than he did last year anyway. Yeah. On to the Sunday night game, which was a battle of the AFC North. The Bengals go into Baltimore and come away with the 19-17 loss. For the Bengals, we see another decent game for Hayden Hurst. He gets seven targets, catches six of them for 53 yards and a touchdown. Four of his five games, he's had seven or more points in PPR fantasy. And in three of his five games, he's had seven or more targets. Are you buying into Hayden Hurst? Yeah, I think if you're looking for a streamable tight end, I think Hayden Hurst definitely falls into that category. I know we both play in several two tight end leagues, and Hurst is probably starting in most of those leagues. Um, you know, but he looks good. He plays hard, and he's relatively athletic for a tight end. Uh, but he's the challenge is going to be that when when all three wide receivers are healthy and the offense is clicking, what really is going to be his volume? I feel like it's more a four four ish target kind of sequence but you know right now we've got higgins with an ankle um so that leaves boyd and chase and uh, hurst has to step up uh you know mike thomas had three targets so that's nothing good can come from that and samaji p ryan four targets i think thomas is playing though because of Higgins injury, so so he comes back because that injured my fantasy team. Uh, On the flip side, Ravens moved to three and two. They are now in first place in the AFC North. How dangerous is this team? So I said in preseason that I felt like Lamar Jackson was going to be playing up to his 2019 MVP. I think that's the year he won the MVP. His 2019 MVP. Uh, season. Lamar is playing really, really well. He's got Mark Andrews and him are in sync. Uh, He's started to develop the same kind of chemistry with um, Devin DuVernay as well as when he's healthy, Rashad Bateman. So I, I feel like it's a great opportunity for the Ravens. They need to have Ronnie Stanley stay healthy, um, increase his snap count. Um, but I think ultimately the Ravens only go as far as the uh, the defense takes them, and and their their defensive backfield is, is struggling right now. Um, but I love I, I love where Lamar Jackson is going. He may not be running quite as much as he used to, um, but he still runs very effectively. J.K. Dobbins looks really good. Um, and then they passed just enough. They're, they're never going to lead the league in passing attempts. So I, I like where the Ravens are going. So, Yeah, you know, uh, I like kind of what they have too – it's interesting. I don't think they dominate anything exactly, but they have the makeup of being a potential playoff team. You're right about Lamar. I think it's really as he goes, so goes the team. But I am excited. We wondered, would Mark Andrews continue to thrive? And he looks like their entire pass offense at Right. Well, that will do it for all the Sunday games. It looks like it is still scoreless on Monday Night Football, so let's hope we're not in for a Thursday night situation between the Chiefs and the Raiders. If you need a Monday Night Miracle out there, hopefully you will get one. Uh, Matt and I will be back on Wednesday. We'll probably spend a lot more time talking about the Commanders because guess what? 
The Bears and the Commanders are the Thursday night football game. You're welcome, America. Until then, Dennis, what should the people do? Rate, review, download, listen, or don't. But rate and review. <laughs> Prepare for glory! I don't know if you got your popcorn ready. Do you got your popcorn ready? I came out the wrong line already. And he's hit the end zone for an unbelievable touchdown. I would be honored if you played football for this team. Throw it up above his head. They can't jump with me. Golly! Over the tackle of the 40-yard line. Who can make a play? I can't. Who can make a play? <laughs> <laughs>